Behind the scenes, 27. Transmitters? We don't need no stinking transmitters. This is Behind the Scenes, an inside look at what it takes to put together a podcast and make it work. Check it out. Hey, this is Craig Patchett, and this is Behind the Scenes number 27. And in today's show, I'm going to talk about video podcasting. Now, we've already talked in Behind the Scenes about video podcasting back in show I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry. These things are so few and far between or have been lately that I don't remember the show numbers. But it was back a few shows ago during a discussion with the San Diego Podcasters Meetup. And we had kind of a roundtable discussion about video podcasting, talked about uh, what we thought about it, where we thought it was headed, and what we thought some of its limitations were. And this was back shortly after the video iPod was released. None of us had a video iPod uh, or had played with one for that matter. We were discussing uh, some of the pros and cons of video podcasts in general without really focusing on how it related specifically to the playback device. Now, since then, I have uh, actually bought a video iPod, had some hands-on experience with the shows that are available out there and with the technical capabilities and limitations of the video iPod. And so I wanted to come back and talk a little bit more about video podcasts. Now, it really doesn't matter whether or not you are thinking about doing a video podcast. It doesn't matter whether or not you're thinking about buying a video iPod. The uh, topics that I'm going to talk about in today's show are kind of general uh, video-related topics that are going to be of hopefully general interest to anybody who's doing a podcast. And who knows, down the road, you may end up finding yourself, uh, you know, either as a podcast, video podcast viewer or creator. So this information may be of interest then. So I want to jump right into it and talk about, first of all, the uh, term video podcast. Uh, because I've heard different terms bandied about relative to video podcasts, uh, video casts, vcasts, vidcasts, uh, you know, there's a few others out there. And as far as what they're going to be called, I think it's really up to the media more than anything else. They're going to pick the term that they're going to use and they're, they're going to go with it. But I did want to point out that a I use the term video podcast because a podcast is a media file that is distributed via RSS attachment. That is what podcasting is. It is not limited to an audio file, despite the fact that podcasting originated with audio. So when we refer to a podcast, I think most of us think of audio, but podcasts could be audio, video, photos. You could do a PDF podcast if you wanted to. So, you know, truly, I think that the, the most accurate or correct term uh, is video podcast, and so that's what you'll hear me refer to them as. When I first 
I actually first started Experience Video Podcasts within iTunes before I got a video iPod. I checked out some of the ones that were available to see what people were doing, whether they were, you know, taking advantage of the additional capabilities of video or whether they were just basically doing talking head po uh, video podcasts where they were taking an audio show and just, you know, putting a camera in front of themselves while they were recording it. And I think this is something that's important to take into consideration is that if you're planning on doing uh, adding video to your show by simply putting a camera in front of yourself, I, I would strongly discourage doing that for a number of reasons. First of all, it's boring. Uh, one of the shows that I subscribed to recently because I thought it would be more interesting was Dignation, their video podcast. And I didn't even make it through the first one that I downloaded. I just would rather, you know, have the audio version and listen to that than just watch two guys talking. Uh, if it was, you know, more along the lines of Rocket Boom, where the talking is mixed in with some video clips or, you know, something like that demonstrating what they're talking about, I think it would be a much stronger show. But there's no point in just, you know, watching two people for an hour talking. And bear that in mind as you decide whether or not to do a video podcast. Is what you're proposing to put together, uh, does it need the video? And if it doesn't, then don't bother because, and this is the second thing to think about, video is going to carry its cost, not just in terms of your time in producing the show, but also in terms of the time and bandwidth for the person downloading it on the other end. Video is significantly uh, larger in terms of file size than audio. And so if you put out a video podcast, let's use you know, the Talking Head podcast as an example that is, um, you know, let's say a 30-minute show is going to be, you know, uh, on the order of a couple of hundred uh, megabytes of video versus, say, 20 megabytes, 20 to 30 megabytes of audio. So you're talking about a factor of 10 in terms of the amount of file size, the amount of time and bandwidth for the user that that's going to eat up in terms of downloading, but more importantly, the amount of bandwidth that's going to eat up for you, and you're the one that's paying for it. So if you don't have something that's going to be added to the show by adding video, don't do the video podcast unless, you know, it, I suppose you could argue at this point in the game that there are, um, you know, a, a limited amount of video podcasts available still so that getting in at this point, you know, you, you can maybe be able to take advantage of the novelty factor and get a little bit more exposure that way. But I think that really you're kind of on the edge of that. And unless you've got something to offer, people are just going to look, get bored and tune out, you know, which is essentially what happened to me with Dignation. So something to take into consideration again. If you decide to do a, a video podcast and you're doing an audio podcast as well, don't put them on the same feed. I've seen this happen in quite a few cases where all of a sudden, um, and this was before I got the video iPod, I had a couple of shows that I subscribed to that suddenly I was getting video podcasts along with the audio ones. And I really wasn't 
in a position where I was going to sit down in front of iTunes and watch these shows. And, you know, these were, these were then large shows, large files that were wasting download time and just ending up having to be thrown in the trash, wasting disk, wasting download time. And so, you know, I ended up, I think, on at least one of those, unsubscribing to the feed because it just wasn't worth the hassle for me. So if you're going to do a video podcast, do it on a separate feed, announce it on your audio feed, maybe do one of them, a, sh a short one, on the uh, you know on the initial feed as a as a teaser, but after that move it over to its own feed, and that's going to also be important for people who are only interested in the video. They're not going to want to download the audio as well. So uh, another important thing to take into consideration. The next thing, and you would think the most important thing, or one of the most important things to take into consideration, assuming that A, you are putting out a show that is worth looking at, and B, you're putting out you know, a feed that is uniquely video, is make sure that your show is compatible with the video iPod. Now, this may seem you know, pretty obvious, but it turns out that the video iPod is fairly... Uh, picky about what it can play and it has strict limitations in terms of how large the video can be if you're going to use the H.264 uh, codec for encoding it and if you can you want to use that codec because it's going to give you significantly smaller files uh, versus using MPEG-4. So what I've seen some people do is um, you know in some cases people want to put out a, or maybe they're already putting out a larger video feed that is beyond the 320 by 240 resolution of the video iPod screen. And so what they'll do is they'll put out two video feeds. They'll put out one that has the larger size, and then they'll put out a smaller one in the uh, iPod format. But if it is larger than 320 wide, or if it's larger than 320, uh, 240 high, excuse me, in H.264, it is not going to play on the iPod. And in fact, when somebody goes to sync their iPod with iTunes, iTunes will give them an, a dialogue saying that this video is not compatible with your iPod. The same is true if you exceed a certain number of pixels in an MPEG-4 format. And I will provide a link at the homepage for Behind the Scenes, btscast.com, to a site that has a nice explanation of what those limitations are and what you need to do in order to make sure that the video you're converting uh, is compatible with the iPod. So, surprising number of shows out there who I've, I've run across that have not been compatible or who are compatible and all of a sudden they've got one show where they've changed something and it hasn't worked and you know it's I don't, I don't think it's their fault per se in that you know this is all new and, and everybody's figuring it out but before you put a show up on your feed throw it into itunes sync it with your video ipod and make sure that that sync works now if you're doing a video podcast and you don't have a video ipod find somebody who does who is going to be willing to check your files for you uh, one thing I've also seen somebody do, and I can't remember off the top of my head who it was, is put out a call saying, hey, if you're interested in a uh, feed that works on the video iPod, 
you know, here's my PayPal button and make, you know, donate so I can get a video iPod. And uh, they had one within 30, 36 hours, I think. So make sure your video podcast is compatible with the video iPod because that's at this point where you're going to get a large percentage of your viewers. And, um, you know, I know that, that I, as a video iPod owner, uh, am looking, uh, you know, at, at what's available for the iPod in terms of video podcasts. And there's a very small number available at this point. So you do have a, an advantage. It's like the early days of audio podcasting where people could go through the directory and scan all the new shows as they became available to see what uh, was interesting. So take advantage of that and make sure you're compatible. Now, in the show that I did previously where we talked about whether video podcasts were going to work, one of the things that I said was I just didn't see people using the video iPod to watch shows on the iPod itself. I saw it more as a means for uh, transporting those shows to a place where it could be watched on a television uh, or where it could be you know, plugged into and seen somewhere else. And I was wrong about that. The screen on the iPod is surprisingly good in terms of being able to watch content on it. And one of the things that I use uh, my iPod for is that I'll download uh, podcasts, download a few TV shows, and I watch them as I'm going to bed. You know, I'll have the iPod with me and uh, just throw some headphones on and watch a show before I go to bed, kind of just relax. And uh, it works perfectly for that. So I still think that, you know, what we talked about in the show as far as people are not going to have as many opportunities to watch video podcasts as they uh, do to listen to audio podcasts because you can't watch when you're, or at least you shouldn't be watching when you're driving. You shouldn't be watching when you're at work. You shouldn't be watching, you know, in a few other cases where you would normally listen to audio podcasts, that still holds true. And so I don't see as much demand for the video podcast as I do for the audio. And I think that that's reflected somewhat in the limited number of video podcasts that are available at the moment. At the same time, there, you know, we talked in the show about how difficult the production of a video podcast is in that it takes more equipment, it takes more skill to put together a good video podcast, and there's more production time involved as well. So you're making a bigger commitment. And one of the things that I predicted was that this would be a vehicle for independent filmmakers to showcase their work and their skill sets since obviously this is something that they have trained to do and that they already have. That's not something that I've seen yet, and I'm, I'm a little bit surprised at that. And if you take a look at the content that's on iTunes right now in video podcasts, most of it is amateur. Um, and, and that's not necessarily bad. There's some very good amateur po video podcasts there. Not a lot, but a few. But there's not a, a large number of professional filmmakers. Well, actually, I don't want to use the word professional. There's not a large number of people who are trained in filmmaking who are putting together video podcasts. And I would strongly encourage anyone listening who has a background in filmmaking to look into it as a way of showcasing your abilities. Because right now, the field seems to be wide open. There are a couple of people out there doing it. 
but certainly there's room for a lot more. And, uh, you know, with the attention that's on the video iPod, with the attention that's on podcasting, with the growing attention that's on video podcasts, you have an incredible opportunity to uh, receive some attention for what you can do. And uh, it, I, like I said, it's, it's a great showcase. Take advantage of it now before the field grows too crowded to, um, you know, for you to be seen as easily as you can be at this point in time. The other thing that I haven't seen, and I'm again, I predicted that this would be one of the uh, the ways that video podcasts could be used, and so far it's not there yet. Is music videos from independent bands? If you are out there and have, uh, you know, are currently doing a music podcast, or if you've thought about doing a music podcast, get out there into your local music scene. And approach bands about, you know, videotaping their live performances, about, um, you know, I mean, it doesn't take much. You can even do it with a single camera, although it's going to be a little bit boring. But, you know, get, a, get one fixed camera, one movable camera, you know, learn, even if you haven't done it before. Again, the field is wide open right now. And to you know, be able to to kind of put together a show of hey, here's local bands and here's uh, whatever your city is live, uh, is another opportunity that's still open and I think is something that uh, you know that's going to prove to be popular as the genre grows. And because it's wide open and because uh, music is such a focus for people, especially on iTunes, uh, I think it's an opportunity for someone to step in and make themselves known. Now, one thing that I do find interesting and I think is worth noting is that the way that video podcasts have, or not video podcasts, but the video iPod at least, has been rapidly adopted by the television networks. Uh, When it was initially launched, there were a few TV shows that were available uh, in the Apple Music Store. That number is continuously expanding. And now there are results showing that several of those shows that came on board initially have had their numbers boosted based on the fact that their shows are available through the Apple Music Store. So hopefully this is going to be something that is going to be you know, seen right away. And I, I commend the networks for jumping on this. And um, also one thing to, to note is that if you download these shows, the quality for the H.264 codec is actually quite impressive. You can throw uh, a show that's encoded at 320 by 240 with H.264 up onto your TV screen uh, or onto full screen onto a you know computer screen, and and it's good enough to watch like that. It's obviously not going to compare with DVD quality, but it's you know it's not what you would think it's going to look like. I mean, I really expected a 320 by 240 blown up to look pixelated and have very low resolution, and I was very pleasantly surprised to see what it did. Download a sample show from the Apple Music Store. Uh, even if you don't have a video iPod, play it within iTunes on your computer and blow it up to full screen and see what it looks like for yourself. And one trick for doing that, by the way, is to t- purchase the show, find the show in iTunes, right-click on it, and uh, there's an option in the pop-up menu to display the location of the file on your hard drive. And then once you do that, 
go ahead and open the file up in QuickTime Player rather than play it within iTunes itself. Uh, for some reason, QuickTime Player, if you're playing it there, will it will look better and scale up to full screen better than it will within uh, within iTunes. So just a, a little tip there in terms of playing back shows on your computer. And so that's really all I had on my mind as far as updating what I had said in the previous podcast regarding video podcasting. But it was kind of things that were building up that, that I wanted to get out there and uh, would encourage your feedback. What's your experience been either as a video podcast watcher or a video podcast producer? Please go ahead and email me at craig at godcast.org, C-R-A-I-G at G-O-D-C-A-S-T dot O-R-G. And uh, I welcome your comments, feedback, or audio contributions to the show. And that's it for this edition of Behind the Scenes. I'm Craig Patchett, and until next time, God bless.